welcome you to Inside the Pages, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. This is Pastor Carl Henderson. Our Sunday morning uh, praise and worship begins at 9 a.m., Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m., and on Saturday at 11.30, you'll find us on KKLA. That is 99.5 FM or streaming through KKLA.com. That's at 11.30 p.m. Certainly, we thank God for his goodness and grace. You've been listening to, to Paul Morton. You know, uh, let me put this claim right there to, to, so that you know, uh, as we are honest, and that is uh, the rights and, and privileges of some music is that of the artists and the producers. And certainly we thank and praise God. That is a powerful song uh, that we were listening to this morning. That is open the floodgates of heaven and let it rain. You know, as we were driving in this morning, we could see that that, that there was some clouds, some low clouds, and um, and then sort of some drizzle. You know, but we wanted we wanted to rain. We want God to rain on us as he did in the book of Acts. The Bible said that, that Peter had went to Cornelius' house and he was ministering the word of God and, and telling them about the goodness of God and it rained on them. Now the Bible didn't say it rained, but it said the Holy Ghost came and they were filled with the Holy Ghost as the minister was preaching, exhorting the word of God. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak in other tongues as the spirit of God gave utterance. And then they were baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sin. And so we wanted to rain. That's our prayers that it rains. Certainly we, we thank God for the, uh, the fasting and the consecration that have gone on. And we're out reaching out to souls, telling them to come on and get wet. Uh, let the Lord uh, rain on you. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Today is May 8th, 2022. I'm say happy Mother's Day to, to the mothers and to the dads uh, that have filled the role to the best of their ability. You know, there are some moms out there, there are some dads out there that are, are uh, have this, this great responsibility and, you know, and so we just want to honor and recognize them on this day as well. Um, you know, I certainly recognize and honor my mom, uh, Diane Jones, uh, who birthed me into this world and my gospel mother, overseer Blanche Irvin, who birthed this ministry. You know, by living what they demonstrated is the best way to say thank you. We can say thank you with our mouths, but are you... Uh, applying what they taught you uh, to the best of your ability. And, you know, the more you practice doing something, the better you become at it. And so uh, just thank God for those women uh, that are standing strong and our, our prayers are for you. And so uh, at this time, we're going to go before the Lord in a word of prayer. And then uh, and then we're going to have our opening scripture. But Father, we thank you for your goodness and grace. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Lord, your kindness and how you have blessed us on this day. Lord Jesus, giving us a reasonable portion of health, 
Lord God, the activity of our limbs, Lord Jesus, and the cognitive uh, awareness, Lord God, we thank you, Lord. We pray and ask that you would bless us as we have come together to honor you in this place. Those that are not present and uh, that are far, but listening in, ask that you would bless them, Lord God, as they listen, whether they're just getting up out of bed, maybe they're in the middle of the day or coming to the close of their day, Lord, but their hearts and their minds are uh, thinking about your word and thinking about this a particular broadcast, Lord God, and, and we just want to thank you, Lord, for their attention. We want to thank you, Lord God, and you know the prayers and the needs of your people. Lord Jesus, you know and discern them much clearer, much better than anyone else can, Lord Jesus, and so we pray and ask that you would bless and meet the need of your people in the name of Jesus. Lord God, have your way, Lord, Lord Jesus, for we're here to serve you, Lord. Have your way, Lord God. Lord, move by your power, Lord God. Lord, and send your help. Lord, send your help in the homes, Lord, in the community, into the streets, oh Lord God. Send your help, Lord God. Lord, give the people hearts to hear, Lord God, ears to hear and hearts to receive. Lord Jesus, bless, Lord. Lord, that they would have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Lord Jesus, we thank you right now, Lord, for your kindness. We thank you, Lord, for your mercy, Lord Jesus, and we pray and ask that you would help us, O oh Lord God, to uh, uh, embrace your word. Lord Jesus, we thank you right now. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name, Lord God, and we ask those that are tearing for the Holy Ghost that you would fill them, Lord. Lord, those that have stopped tearing, that you would stir their hearts up, Lord God, for and, and fill them again. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Hear my cry, O God. Attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth will I cry unto thee. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been my shelter for me, and a strong tower from my enemies. I will abide in the tabernacle forever. I will trust in the covert of thy wings, Selah. For thou, O God, hast been my vows. Thou hast given me the heritage of those that fear thy name. Thy will, thy will prolong the king's life, and his years as many generations. He shall abide before God forever. O prepare mercy and truth, which, which may preserve him. So will I sing unto the praise thy name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. May the Lord add a blessing to the hearers and the reading of the word. The Bible says, and those that believe continue daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God, and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such should be saved. May the Lord add a blessing and reading to the hearing of his word. Truly we thank and praise God for uh, uh, for his word. You know, his word is, is what you have to depend on. 
you know, we're going to sing a little bit of this song and then we're going to go into the word of God. Won't prolong the service, but it's a familiar song. And, you know, if you haven't told him, then you need to tell him today. If you feel this way, if you don't feel this way, I don't expect you to say anything. But if you feel this way, then you don't mind telling him. You don't mind expressing it to him to the best of your ability. Uh, he said, make a joyful noise. And the Bible said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye land, and serve the Lord with gladness. Bless your name, Jesus. I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord, today because you care for me in such a special way. That's why I praise you. I lift you up. I magnify your That's why my heart is filled with praise. My heart, my mind, my soul belongs to you. You paid the price for me way back on Calvary. That's why I praise you. I lift you up. I magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled with praise. My heart, my mind, my soul belongs to you.
touch the hearts of others, it's important that we touch the heart and mind of God. Bless your name, Jesus. If we just touch his heart. You know, I, I think that I, I'm just, I'm fully persuaded. I, I am fully persuaded that if we touch God's heart, if we touch his heart, there's nothing that you need to ask for because there's something about you touching his heart that causes him to reciprocate, causes him to do something for you. You know, I think that should be the, uh, the, the focus. And I believe that is one of the main things that Daniel was concerned about. You know, we've, we've come, we've traveled through the book of Daniel uh, from Ezekiel to Daniel, and, and and there is just his concern. Daniel's concern was how he impacted God. Is that your concern today? How you impact God? Uh, are you are, are you seeking to impress Him, or are you seeking to impress the the person next to you? You know, it, it, that's fine. You want to impress your girlfriend, your wife, but are you? But if you impress God. You'll cover all of those things. You'll cover all of those things. And let me say it again. If you impress God, you'll cover everything else in the process because you're going to treat them right. You're going to treat your neighbor right. You're going to go. You're going to treat your job right. And you're going to treat the church of God right. You know, so you're not going to put anything before him. You're not going to be as more faithful and timely to to other things as and 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 cut God short. Be faithful to God. He's the one that holds the breath. 
He's the one that holds us. If it wasn't for him, we would just be a, a, a lump of dirt. Mm -hmm. Like Adam was, we just a lump of dirt, just, just laying there. Couldn't think, couldn't do anything. There was no response, no cognitive uh, functionality. There was nothing there. It was just dirt until God breathed in him and he became a living soul. We're going to go into the word of God. And my prayer is that is that something that said this morning that will bless you again. I want to say happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there, to all the dads that are filling that role to the best of their ability. And, you know, my hat's off to you. And, you know, and and certainly my mom is is gone on. She's ascended on high, uh, along with my gospel mother. Uh, he's she has ascended, and you know the only thing that we can do right now, today, in this moment, is to live a life, live the life that they demonstrated, uh, live a life that is holy and acceptable unto the Lord, and and we'll be able to see them again. You know that makes a difference. That makes a difference. And so the book of Revelation, uh, where we've traveled through the book of Revelation, by no means have we uh, scratched the surface. We have just been at the tip of it, uh, looking at what Revelation has to say. But by no means have we drilled down into uh, all the areas that is that that John has seen. We've touched him. But we've not drilled down, you know, uh, the, we're in the we're coming we're in the month of uh, the beginning of May another five months. We'll be in our ministerial uh, council. You know, and we do a lot of drilling uh, in the ministerial council because it is to help equip the ministers and those that are have been called or those that are already occupying that that position. And so uh, questions, you know, I'd like to encourage, I always encourage questions to be asked. You know, it doesn't matter. Uh, one of the things that I do here at Cornerstone is that uh, when there is space, when there's time, and quite often I will ask, is there a question uh, concerning what has been exhorted, what has been taught? You know, because if you're listening, then it should spark a question sometime if you listening it should cause you because i know that 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 i bring the word of god and i know that that every now and then i'll put something out there that should generate a question as well as the other things that you're hearing uh, you know they the disciples asked jesus questions now someone made a statement and said uh, you should never question god and I don't know where they picked that up from. And then they started handling, handing it down from generation uh, to generation. But that's, that's nonsense. That's nonsense. When Gabriel came to Mary and, and presented God's plan, she said, how shall these things be? She asked a question. And there are others that ask, questions. They had a conversation. Now, you'll know, you'll know when it's time not to ask a question of God, because 
uh, I believe it was uh, Zechariah that was in the temple and the angel of the Lord visited him and told him that that him and Elizabeth would have a child. And he said, how can these things be when I'm old? I'm shooting dust. You know, I'm up in age and I don't know what that age is. So don't ask me that. But the angel of the Lord uh, uh, rebuked him uh, because he asked a question uh, as the minister of God serving in the temple and when he should have just accepted what was being said. And so he was speechless from throughout the entire pregnancy of Elizabeth because of that. And then once she once she gave birth to the child, then his voice was released. And, and so you'll know when when there's time to ask a question, some things you'll have to ponder in your heart. But when it, in the church, when the minute when the word of God has gone forth, you need to ask questions. When you're at home reading the word of God, you need to go to your church that you're a member of and you need to ask those elders, those ministers uh, questions. And maybe they may not be attend, able to attend to it right at that moment. Write it down. You know, we write down everything else. We text stuff to people. We email. Ask them questions so that you will have clarity. The Bible tells us in all you're getting and all you're getting, <laughs> get an understanding. And so uh, we're going on into the word of God and, you know, my heart's indicting a good matter this morning. And what we want to want to talk about as we are coming, you know, uh, we traveled through Revelation. We're coming through the last uh, few chapters here of Revelation. And this message is to the church. Dear church. Dear church. Now, Cornerstone, and this is our disclosure, Cornerstone Apostolic Church. This is our disclosure. If you're looking for something with artificial flavoring, uh, if you're looking for something with lots of fluff, preservatives, unnecessary ingredients, you're not going to find it here. That, that's that's not this the same for you. If you're looking for what's real, you know, if you're looking for the real ingredients, you know, uh, I, I like carrot cake. There's no secret uh, among among the church family that I like carrot cake, you know. And um, and I like it from scratch. I like it real. Don't bring no box cake, uh, carrot cake, and say that you know. Don't bring that. That's not real. Uh, don't try to fix it up. Don't try to add nuts and raisins to it. No, that's not real. You you made that from a box. And the same with banana pudding or anything else. They there's no secret, you know, um, that that is something I enjoy. And so I don't look for artificial flavoring or lots of fluff uh, preservatives and those unnecessary ingredients uh, that, uh, no, th that's not it. So this is not for you if you're looking for that. If you're looking for that, you have to go someplace else. But uh, this is, um, there's no artificial flavoring here, all right? And so I I'm enjoying myself this morning. So. And, and, and so Revelation 21, it says, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven. Thank you, Jesus. I, I just, God just blessed my spirit. Thank you, Jesus. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. 
And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard, thank you, Jesus. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them. They shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them. And be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears. He's going to wipe away all tears from their eyes. Your eyes. My eyes. And there shall be no more death. You know, that very powerful, unexpected. Well, some don't expect it. Others do expect it. Some receive it with joy. I've seen that for myself. But there'll be no more death. There won't be any more grieving in that moment or years to come. Neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, behold, he that sat upon the throne said, behold, look at it, pay attention to this. I make all things new. And he said unto me, right, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, it is done, for I'm Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh, he that overcometh, you need to highlight that. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and homemongers and sorcerers and idlers and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. Dear church, dear is a term of endearment in some instances. You know, in the movies, you, you, you hear, um, and uh, when it's used in the movies and many others out there, that particular term is not used as a term of endearment by some is used as a goodbye letter 
Dear John. It is similar to, uh, to telling someone, uh, maybe you've been on the other end of this statement, we need to talk. Uh, that's not, personally, that's not one of my favorite statements. Uh, no, I, I cringe when I hear that because that usually, in many instances, it don't follow, uh, it's not followed with something good. So husbands, when, when she say we need to talk, you know uh, that doesn't mean something good. Ladies, you, maybe you've been told that you understand, you know, that the follow up with that. And then there are times that it doesn't carry something weighty. It was just an expression that we need to talk later about this and everything was all right. So you was able to wipe the sweat from your brow. In the more recent years, Dear John has been sung about. Now, I like music. I played bass guitar, just picked it back up, bought me a new five string and practicing with it, you know, and uh, to, to get my skill level back up to a certain point. And, and so uh, I was thinking about different things in this particular Dear John. And, you know, I thought about Whitney Houston, who's now gone. And as a song that I, I just did not get, and maybe you got it, I didn't, excuse me, excuse my ignorance, I'm, I don't get everything. And it says, I will always love you, but I'm leaving you. I'm going to always love you, but I'm leaving you. You know, another one was boys to men. We've come to the end of the road. You know, and this melody is about the brokenness uh, because she told him that that we'll always be together to the end. And maybe you have experienced that. Man, I, I know there are those out there that that have experienced the that particular brokenness. Baby, we're going to be together until the, the very end, whether it was him or her saying that, you know, and, and all. And then but that end came much sooner than what you expected. And so there was some brokenness. You know, that is still the form of Dear John. Now, there is a different Dear John letter in uh, the songs, uh, you know, that is a true term of endearment that supersedes the things that I just mentioned. This letter is not filled with broken promises, but the fulfillment of love the actual promise of giving you the world. Maybe maybe he told you, baby, I'm going to give you the world on a silver platter. You know, I remember uh, one of the ministers, uh, that was something that her husband told her, and, and he did bring in a box, and in that box was a silver platter with a top, and it had the world on it. And he has treated her well. And, and so... But, you know, in this instance, God said, I'm going to give you the world. He did say that. Uh, maybe you heard this, and, and so I'm reminding some and introducing it to others. But he said, the meek shall inherit the earth. The meek shall inherit the earth. But baby, I'm going to give you the world. <laughs> yes, uh -huh. God has his, he has his language. 
you know, they, they talk about a love language uh, between men and women. Uh, everyone has a different type of love language. And so you that are dating, those that are seeking companionship from a female and male, you know, respectively, according to the word of God, that you have to understand the love language. Uh, don't assume that you do, but make sure that you do, because uh, as one book writer uh, said, uh, men are from Mars and women are from Venus. You know, and, you know, as I was told one time by, by a sister that that uh, women are like a uh, gentleman, women are like the fried onion that you get Red Robin or whatever it is. Uh, you know, like the fried onion that by the time you get through one layer, you know, there's another layer that you're going to have to deal with. <laughs> but that's not the same with God. <laughs> that's not the same with the Lord. Okay. Uh, but he has his love language. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and you and he understand yours you don't have to explain to god your love language he understands he knows exactly what it is the bible says in psalms 37 beginning here at the seventh verse it said rest in the lord and wait patiently for him fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way because of the man that bringeth wicked devices to pass he said, cease from anger, forsake wrath, fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. And sometimes we think about getting even, you know, until we mature and as we grow and learn better that it's not worth the time. That's what that road rage is, getting even. I, I, I was going north, headed to the, uh, to the ministerial council a couple of years ago, and I went to pass someone up on the right side and they purposely ran into me and scraped up the side of the car and then took off. And I followed them and they, they pulled over and the, the local uh, PD came and took a report and they sped off. But they lied. They told the insurance company what I did. And so the insurance company replied back and said that they confessed. Because when you, if there is space on the right side of another vehicle and you try to make a right turn while there is a vehicle occupying that space, you are at fault. So he told on himself, even though he was not trying to make a right turn, he was trying to get even because he didn't want me to pass him up. He lied and in the process he admitted guilt. So people do some evil things. Evil doers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord shall inherit the earth. Are you waiting upon the Lord? Now, I don't want you to be dismayed about the things that are happening around you and the things that are going to happen. There are some things coming that are going to, going to take place, but don't be dismayed. For yet a little while, the wicked shall not be. Yea, and thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, 
and shall delight themselves. We're going to delight ourselves. You talk about uh, the party. Now, people talk about, uh, they, they got this thing wrong. They talk about having a party in hell. The Bible said hell was created for the devil and his angels. It wasn't created for man. But if you follow the devil and his angels, you are going to partake because you're on the wrong team. You're batting for the wrong side. And so uh, there is rejoicing in the glory. The Bible said that there's a, a massive party. And I paraphrase, but it, it says there's a massive party that goes on uh, when one sinner repents, when one person changes from doing what is wrong. The Bible said there is there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels. So there's a massive celebration that goes on. So we should be celebrating today. Uh, be, uh, now, you may not know the person or at, be there in the assembly when they give their life to Christ, when they start seeking him. But know this, the word of God is not going out and it will not return void. It's going to go out. It's not going out in vain. And it's going to accomplish what God has for it to accomplish. So since we know that, there is a reason now to give him praise, to, to, to just say hallelujah. Lord, I'm thinking about the fact that your word is going out today and, and it's not just going out in vain, but, but someone is going to hear it and they're going to seek your face. Lord God, they're going to change from their wicked ways and they're going to partake in your grace and mercy and join in with us in, uh, in inheriting the promise. If you recall the beginning of Revelation, John introduced these words. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants, to show unto who his servants, you and me, his servants, those that was then and those that are now. Things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John, who bear record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. And of all things that he saw, John, I need you. This is what you're going to do. Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Let me, let me read that again. Blessed is he that you should be said, I'm blessed. I'm blessed because I'm reading this, and I'm hearing the words of this prophecy, but I'm not just reading it and hearing it, but I'm also applying it in my life daily. So he that readeth and that heareth the prophecy and keepeth the things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come and from the seven spirits which are before his throne, 
and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto them that love us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and have made us kings and priests. He has made us kings and priests. This is something you need to occupy right now. You need to understand this right now because this reference of making us kings and priests is not about then, it is about right now. We stand in that office right now. And unto God and his father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now, a mystery that was spoken by Enoch, uh, who nurtured a relationship, mentioned this in Genesis. Information regarding the eschatology has trickled down from generation to generation, leaving no one without warning. So uh, since you have the warning, you know to get prepared. The saints encouraged. There was a time that the saints encouraged. I'm still living in that time. I hope you are too. Where the saints encouraged one another to hold on and to look for the coming of the Lord. Now, I had a young man tell me, he said, you know, I, I'm in service and I'm looking at I, I'm looking at the window and through the window. You know, Lord, you may come any moment. I'm looking up, and, you know, and I'm like, well, if you see him come, that meant you let, got left behind. One, you should have been paying attention to in service to what the preacher was telling you instead of looking out the window. And I told him that. And, and so um, because if you see him, you, you've been left behind already. The church has gone on. But encourage one another with these words and look for the coming of the Lord. In other words, there should be a, a mindset that I know he's coming again and he's going to come according to his word. Now, when the when the disciples and all of them that were standing around were looking at Jesus ascend. The Bible said that that there came a message. The angels came and said, you men of Galilee, why are you standing here gazing? Why are you looking up the same Jesus that 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 is ascending? He's going to return and you need to follow the instructions that's been given. You go back to Jerusalem and wait for the promise. And, and so uh, we have they have this expectation. We have this same so Thessalonians 4, 16, 18 says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of, an, of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Do what? Comfort one another with these words. Now, if you're talking to someone about the coming of the Lord, and they say, I don't want to hear that. And, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm talking to the church here. I'm, I'm a believer. But, man, you're coming at me talking about the coming of the Lord. And, yeah, man, I'm not trying to hear all of that. 
Maranatha, Maranatha, may the Lord come on you. It is an appropriate, it is appropriate to have and maintain in and out of the church this conversation. Come from one another with these words. Man, I, I see what you're going through, but I want you to know that the Lord is going to come one day. Now, I, I'll use that in a minute because, see, I have this assurance and I know for myself that he will send a messenger. He will arrive himself to deal with my situation, the problem that I'm having right now. I know this is in reference to him catching the church up. But I'm also telling you that God will step into your situation right now. Well, pastor, what do you mean? The Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. So if you praise him, if you start thinking about the goodness of God, think about what God is saying, think about the letter that has been presented to the church and give him honor, he'll get into your situation. He'll step into it. You can't see me right now, but when I'm stepping into it, huh? What are you? Oh, bless your Lord God. Uh, the, the Hebrew, the, those young men that were cast into the fiery furnace refused to surrender. And they said, we know he's able, but if he doesn't, we still will not. And God heard that and stepped into the fiery furnace with them. Never before has fire became an air-conditioned room. Never before has fire been uh, without smoke. They stepped out without being uh without the flames even touching them. Bless your Lord, because our God is a mighty consuming fire. So this is a, 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 an appropriate conversation to have inside and outside the church. While some may get tired of hearing it, they may not, and others may not love the fact that He's going to come. First Corinthians 16 and 22 says, if any does not love the Lord. Now, remember, he, this church of Corinth, this church of Corinth, he's not talking to people that that don't believe. He's not talking to those that are. He's talking to the church in Corinth. If anyone does not love the Lord. Let that person be a curse. Come, Lord. Second Peter three and nine. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness. Well, we heard that before. Well, you're going to keep hearing it because I'm going to keep reminding you. I'm going to keep telling you until the day the Lord catches all of us up or he catches me up. But it's long suffering. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some. But it's long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I want you to know he's coming back for those that are looking for his return. If you're not looking for the return of the Lord, you're going to miss it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't care how long you, you I've been in this way a long time. And that's the problem. You've been in the way. Get with God's program now. Get with the program. 
Hebrews 9 and 28 says, So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. 2 Timothy 4 and 8. Wherefore there is laid up for me. Paul knew this in advance. Paul knew this. What do you know? He knew this. I often make reference to the fact of some of the saints that I, that I knew, including Mother Jones. Uh, she was, when I saw her in service, she had the, the Shekinah glory rested upon her and I looked at her and I said, wow. I was, I said, that's my mother, it's illuminated like that. And that Monday, she went shopping to fulfill a promise that she had made to her granddaughters. And throughout the entire day and that evening, uh, Sunday and, and Monday, uh, as she encountered people, her testimony was that I'm walking with Jesus. They went to the store after, after the service and she didn't kick off her shoes. You know, ladies, how you do, you'll take off those shoes and put on your slip and your flats. And she said, no, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. I'm walking with Jesus. And when they, when she was in the store, then she told the cashier that I'm, I'm shopping with Jesus. And that Monday she went to sleep and someone walked up because, because as she was shopping, she sat down on the bench to, uh, while someone went to get the car and, 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 and she went to sleep with none of the children around. See, there's, there's something about that. There's something about when the family is not around that loved one because we put anchors on people. We hold them here uh, knowing that we don't have the ability always to take care of them. And God is calling them and the saints is on the other side saying, come over here. And we're saying, no, come back. And so we put that anchor on them. And so it took her being separate from everyone. She was willing and waiting that she went to sleep in and someone walked up and said, don't worry about her. I've already prayed for her. She's in good hands. Therefore, and she knew it six months prior. I had the evidence of that. Paul says, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. I've preached the word. I've lived a life. Bless your name, Jesus. I fought a good fight. I didn't take down. And there's times I had to run for my life. There are times that I had to, to hang on to what little bit there was to hang on to while the storm was raging in my life. But I held on. And he said, therefore, it's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, I'm not just saying this because, because I, I'm telling you don't judge me. I'm telling you because I've lived a life. My conscience is clear. Bless your Lord Jesus. Is your conscience clear today? He shall give me in that day, and not me only, but unto all them also that love his appearance. Everyone's not going to love his appearance. Everyone's not going to love and they, they may not even love the conversation and, you know, in the preaching of the word right now that says that he is going to appear one day. 
Dear John, write these things which I have, which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. It's in Revelation 1 and 19. This letter is sent to seven churches, representing the churches then and representing the state of churches now. Everybody is not a church of brotherly love. Well, we're, we're like the church of Philadelphia. No, that's you claiming that. What is God saying about you? Some of the churches allow false teaching to come in. There are many churches with false teaching. There are many churches that accept what people call the new norm or normal as being, and, and that's not true. God said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I told you this ain't no artificial flavor. I told you we ain't dealing with no fluff. We ain't dealing with no false ingredients here. We're dealing with what God is saying and keeping it real. Everything is not acceptable unto God. Something, God, it has to line up with his word. This letter was sent to those seven churches that, uh, that was dealing with issues in that day and some today. Now there was a few, only a few of the seven that did not have heavy condemnation. Whereas the majority of them were told to get it in order, get things right, get rid of the false teaching, exterminate it immediately. You've allowed Jezebel to come in and offer sacrifices and different things in the house of God and to uh, deceive the people. They go on right along with it and you know it, but you're not changing it. You're not cutting it off. Why? Because, because the crowd has grown. You're enjoying the, the tithes and the offerings. You're enjoying the, the, the reputation of, uh, of being something that you're really not. Because if you are not what God is calling you to be, then you're nothing at all. Bless your Lord Jesus. These churches were told about rewards reserved for those that overcome the cares of this life, overcome the political cares, overcome the worldly cares, overcome the self-gratification. Those lost in the religious beliefs of celebrities. You know, we, we live, especially in America, I don't know about other places, I, I do know about this continent that I'm on, that we are, that it is a celebrity stricken nation. Well, if the celebrity on TV don't say it, then it must not be real. But if they say it, then yeah, yeah. Well, forget what the word of God says. He's not through with me yet. Well, how long does it take to stop doing something wrong? When God says stop, he means stop. He told the man that had been in the bed afflicted, he said, rise up, take up your bed, and go and sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. I don't believe that man was walking around doing what he wanted to do, sinning and doing things that God would disapprove of, and then saying, well, God's not through with me yet. When God says stop, he means stop. When he says go, he means go. Hmm. Let that marinate for a moment. The dependency should be on the word of Jesus Christ. Heaven and earth shall pass away, Matthew 24 and 35. But my word shall not pass away. You can depend on God's word. Well, I'm, I'm coming to an end here. 
Dear church, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth was passed away, and there was no more sea. The account of Genesis 1, 9 and 10 said, And God said, Let the waters uh, under the heavens be gathered together in one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. Well, there's going to be a change. Uh, the first heaven and earth are done away with. And the seas as you knew it, that body of water, that which separated is now gone. And so therefore it is complete unity. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bridegroom for her husband. Church, I saw a holy city, the reestablishing of the city Jerusalem, the one that, that people are fighting over right now. Nations are fighting over it, preparing to come against it, preparing to move against Israel as the word of God said. And so you're just watching, uh, watching things progress as the word of God is fulfilling. But John said, I saw New Jerusalem. Now the Lord had told them in John, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know the way. Well, you know the way this morning, and I'm reminding you of the way. So the Bible says in Acts, the first chapter, about the sixth verse, and they asked the Lord if he would establish the kingdom now, for he has risen. They knew the word of God. They knew that the Messiah would come, and so they had expectations. I hope you have the same and that you are sharing the same expectations this morning. John goes on to say, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God shall be with them and be their God. Well, church, a great declaration has been made. The tabernacle of God is going to be with his people. God is going to be with us. Uh, that is uh, uh, that is not for everyone. Somebody think that God is going to uh, put up with their shenanigans uh, to the extent that, that when they leave here, they're going to dwell in his presence. But this is written to those that, that occupy a particular place in God's heart. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. That is the, the body language of his people. That is the love language of his people. That if you love him, you're going to keep his commandments. He said they will be my people. I heard the word of God say in a, about the 19th chapter of Revelation. It said, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. Everyone is not happy about the Lord. Everyone is not rejoicing for him. He said, for the, the marriage of the lamb is come and his wife have made herself ready. Well, he's talking about the church. The church is going to be ready 
Will you be part of the church in that day? Will you be able to say that I'm ready? I'm ready. I'm not like the five foolish that did not have enough, but I'm like the ones that carry extra. Whatever it was going to take, that was is what I'm going to do. And he was and he said that he was granted that they should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said, right, blessed are they which are called into the marriage supper of the Lamb. Everybody's not going to get the call. Everybody's not going to get the text. Everybody's not going to get the email. Or the, everyone is not going to get the message. Everyone's not going to hear the shout, the voice of the archangel. Everyone is not going to hear the trump of God. Everyone is not going to hear God's voice say, come my people. But blessed are those that do hear it. And he said unto me, this saying is true. And as he began to, to, to bow down and to worship the messenger, uh, John began to look upon the one that was talking to him. He, he went to get down and to worship him. And John said, hold on, brother. I'm one of your fellow servants. I lived a life that was acceptable unto God. I made the same sacrifice that you're making. I lived a holy life, and here I am. I'm one of your fellow servants. I'm of your brethren, the ones that kept the testimony of Jesus Christ. Will you be able to say, are you saying it today that I've kept the testimony of Jesus Christ? I worship God and I've kept the testimony of the spirit of Jesus, which is the word of prophecy from Genesis to Revelation is the word of prophecy. You don't need nobody to come and, and lay hands on you. You don't need nobody to speak a word to you uh, in your ear, but you need to know the word of God because it's filled with prophecy. The Bible says unto the church, I'll be your God. I'm not an imaginary friend, not a philosophy. Uh, this is going to be the norm and not change. Unlike the fascists of this world, which change every few years, he went on to say God is going to wipe away all tears. And there'll be no more death. There'll be no more sorrow, no more crying. Neither should there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. Church, I want to, I, I won't make you cry. They, that man may have made you cry. That woman may have made you cry. Someone else may have made you cry. But this is the day of the Lord. And I'm not going to make you cry. You see right now, the time that we live in, the sixth day. Mm, Bless you, Lord God, which is coming closely to an end. Uh, this is the day of man, and we've cried. Uh, we, some of us, have even caused others to cry, but not no more. Church, I'm telling you today uh, that the time is going to come, that you're going to cry your last cry. Uh, you may have cried, uh, but listen here. Uh, but I'm not going to cry over that thing anymore. I'm not going to cry over this. And I'm not going to cry over that. I'm going to have my last cry. Bless your name, Jesus. Mm. Bless your Lord God. That's the thing that make you hold on to the word of God. Because you got some hope. I'm, I know my hope is what bursts the faith in me. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. He goes on to say uh, that the throne is set up. He said, God said, I'm going to make everything new again. Church, God said, I'm going to make it new again. John, make sure that you get this message out. Make sure to let the folks know 
Make sure to let the church know that I'm going to make everything new. I'm going to do away with that old mess. I'm going to do away with the traditions of man. I'm going to do away with the traditions of organization. None of that's going to exist in the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God has already been established. Bless your name, Lord God. It's already been established. Uh, this is not something new. And we're getting ready to go into the book of Genesis. Uh, and, and so you'll find out that uh, as some has made a, a false declaration, somebody has lied. Oh, yes, you'll go. Oh, bless your holy name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mighty God. Oh, yeah, there's some lying folks out there. Uh, see, the, the enemy will distort the truth. And if the truth is not 100, then it is a lie. Because it's going to make you believe what is false mix it up with a little truth you know and so so you'll digest it and then you'll believe that falseness and you'll start doing the wrong thing thinking you're doing something right this is why you need the 100 it might be a little bitter sometime the, the lord the john was told to take this eat it it's going to be it's going to be sweet but it's going to be bitter it's going to get better on you but it's going to be good for you. Mighty God, bless your Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. High glory to your name, Savior. And he said unto me, it is done. I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that thirst. It's done. It's done. What God had to do, what he wanted to do is done. Let me, let me rewind here. Bless your Lord. Somebody lied. Somebody spread the false the falseness that the oldest, and they named some religions, they named some, some philosophies and stuff as being the oldest uh, in the world. And that's not true. If the kingdom of heaven was already existing, if sacrifices was already being made, already being made, John said, I saw a lamb had, that had been slapped sacrifice before the foundation of the world bless your lord how is it that god who created the heavens and the earth who created all things not occupy that title as being the oldest the ancient of days buddha can't claim that hinduism can't claim that but yet they but yet there are many that claim those things bless your lord god Let's go on. Let's go on here. Hmm. Church, dear church, I've done this. It's done. It's done. Now, see, we have to we have to embrace the fact that what God wanted to do is done. It's done. We're waiting for the manifestation of those things. And so He said, "Occupy till I come." So am I occupying? What are you doing, Pastor Carl? I'm presenting my body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. Well, how do I know how to do that? Because I get in his word and I read his word, my personal time. I'm occupied until he come. Well, how are you occupied? What God has asked me to do, uh, feed my sheep. Well, I, so I'm preparing the meal that, um, and something that is uh, wholesome, something that is organic by the word of God to give unto his sheep. 
not giving them a bunch of false grains, not giving them falseness, but giving what is real. I'm occupied till he come. If he decides that I want to send you on a mission when I lay down thinking I'm going to sleep and he sends me out on a mission, I go and return when he says to return. I'm occupying till he come. It is our responsibility to occupy, treat the family right, do what's right, occupy till he come with goodness. You're not going to be good to God and wrong to everybody else. You're not going to say, I love God and hate your brother. Mm -mm. People are like, well, why we have, why is there so much violence going on? That is called bias. That is called hatred. That is called sin. That is called the devil. Somebody hating themselves and so they take it out on someone else. How do we get rid of all of that? We're going to pass laws. God already gave a law. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. He already gave it. Why don't we apply what we already have? If you see a brother or sister overtaken in a fault, you that are spiritual, you that have some empathy, you that have some, and understand where they're coming from, approach them in that passion. Why don't we apply what God has already said? It will make a difference. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my sons. But the fearful and unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, those that are homongering, those that are sorcerers and doing all type of things shall be shall be burnt, excuse me, which uh, shall, uh, shall have their part, thank you, in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. Now, I want to touch something right here because it really bothered me. I had to call my little brother and, and, and tell him about it. It was just bothering me so much. I was listening to uh, uh, one of the ministers over in Texas, well-known, I won't need to say his name, but he was talking about hell. And he said a lot of good things. That's why I'm glad I, I like to use a fork when I eat sometime because you can eat the meat and throw the bone away. And so he threw this out there and said to so many, the masses that was listening because it went out to a lot of people. He said that hell has different levels. So if you were a murderer, you might be in a bottomless pit and, you know, and if you were just a liar that you're in a different area, you know, different, there are different degrees. And I, I know the scripture says that, that he didn't, if you know to do well, that, and you don't do it, you know, how, based upon how much, you know, you'll be beat with many with, or less stripes. I understand that. When we talk about hell, and he said that hell was a place that uh, that that the good sinners may go to. Good sinners. If God puts you in hell, there's nothing good about that. There's nothing good, and obviously he didn't feel that you were good, not to be in his presence. That's a problem. That's an issue that you need to be very concerned about. Well, I'm a good sinner. Now, I understand that people that don't, some don't go to church and some don't practice, some may never, but they're tainted with sin because Adam sinned. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
We were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. As the Bible says, a good sinner. So you pay your bills on time, that's good. But you don't acknowledge the Lord. That rich man who, who made lots of money, so much money that he said, I'm gonna build me some new barns. The Bible said that the Lord called him a fool and said, this night your soul is required of you. So he was good. He was good. He handled business and everything. He was good. How he handled business and how what he practiced. But his soul was required of him. He was lacking something. There are a lot of people that say I'm good and God's going to overlook my, look, overlook my sins and what I do. So I'm good overall. But if you are not holy, the Bible said without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And so this minister says that, that hell is not a place of tor torment. And for those of you that, that are thinking that hell is a place where people are on fire, you know, uh, and, and, and hell itself is going to be cast into the lake of fire, which is similar to the Alcatraz prison that sits in the San Francisco Bay that's surrounded by shark infested water. So that, that Alcatraz is like hell and the shark infested water is like the lake of fire. And so you can't escape that. And people were clapping. Oh, that sounds so good. My question is, why are you clapping about the degrees of hell when, when that separates you from God? It should have made you want to come to the altar and repent of sin Come to the altar and repent of dead works. Come to the altar and say, God, I want to do my first works over. It don't matter if you have the majority believing it. If it's wrong, it is wrong. Now, either Jesus was not telling the truth and you are, or you're not telling the truth for some reason you were mistaken and Jesus had it right because Jesus said that there was a rich man who lived sumptuously. And there was poor man Lazarus who was carried to lay at the man's gate and all Lazarus wanted was some Kimbo and bits. And Lazarus died and the angels came and took him and he rested in the bosom of Abraham. The rich man died and was buried and he looked up the rich man lifted his eyes up and saw Lazarus resting in the bosom of Abraham and he asked if Lazarus could dip his finger in some water and cool my tongue for I'm tormented in the flames so who's telling the truth here? Is the, the minister that said that, that people are not on fire or people are not experiencing the heat of hell? Or has Jesus got it right? I believe the word of God made it very plain and clear. Those spirits that Jesus encountered said, have you come to torment us before our time? They knew they have a time of torment coming. Why would you think 
to clap your hands instead of be fearful of the fact that there is when when the, the man said, can I go and tell my brothers and them not to come to this place? It's a terrible place. And the Lord said, it's a great Abraham. There's a great gulf between there and here that cannot be passed through. So that brings up another issue. You can't get out of what you're in. Which is another reason to spend time on the altar. Dear church. It's another reason to spend time getting and nurturing that relationship with God. I just had to touch that. If there's any questions regarding that. I am happy. To answer it. But my question still stands. What in hell do you want? What's so important that you sacrifice a relationship with God and take that risk and wind up there knowing that it is a place engulfed in flames as the Bible has said that burns with fire and brimstone and the fire is never quenched and the worm, which is symbolic of a man, never dies. Why would you want to be there? Why would I clap my hands because someone said there's a great degrees of hell. And so if you wind up there, you may not be in the same place as a murderer. Why would I want to go to hell in the first place? You need to stop and think about what you're, that's a lot of fluff out there. It's a lot of fake ingredients, bad stuff being passed around. Get in the word of God. Wherefore, beloved, seek we, seeing that we look for such things, be diligent that we may be found of him in peace without spot, blameless. Second Peter three. Mighty God, listen, while salvation is not based on what good works you do. Well, I'm a good person. The Bible said our, our righteousness is as filthy rags. That's what I believe you'll find that in Isaiah. But it's based on the obedience. Do I obey the Lord? Am I speaking his love language? Hmm. Mighty God. You know, in this, I, I'm, I'm coming to the end. We're going to go out and reach out to some folks and, you know, that. But listen, the two most impactful women in my life, this is Mother's Day, I know the two most impactful women in my life. I, I, I have to live a life at minimum, as I was told. Now, I want to share this with you. I was told to seek good and not evil that I could live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be with me as he has spoken. Emphasis was put on this, and that is hate the evil, learn to hate evil, and to love the good. Learn to love the good. The scripture says it, and I'm going to read as the scripture said, seek ye not evil, but that ye may live. And so the Lord, the God of hosts, shall be with you 
as ye have spoken. Hate the evil and love the good and establish judgment in the gate. It may be that the Lord God of hosts be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. Hate the evil, love the good. Father, we thank you for your word, this exhortation this morning, Lord God, the letter that you have written to your people. Lord, we thank you right now, Lord, as you have blessed it. And we just pray and ask that you will continue to watch over and keep us, Lord God. Help us to govern ourselves according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, I pray that something has been said to encourage your heart to embrace and hold on. Be steadfast and unmovable. If you're looking for a church home, growth ministry, you're in the area, Los Angeles County, San Bernardino, Riverside. I want to invite you to stop by Cornerstone Apostolic Church at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Join us at worship at 9 a.m. And continue to pray for us as we are praying for you. If you're not in the area, go to a church of truth or power. Like I said, ask questions. This is about your soul salvation. You're not looking for no fluff, false ingredients. You're looking, you don't want no artificial flavors. You want what is real. Bless your name, Jesus. God bless you. Oh, for me. Yes, for one.